everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Currently Streaming Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. Uh, once again, that opening music was from the Heatley Brothers. This song is Dimensional Drift. If you want to check it out, I will put the link to the YouTube channel, the Heatley Brothers YouTube channel, as well as the song in the show notes. And uh, we may get a new theme uh, instead. Just let me know what your thoughts are, if we should keep it or not. I wanted to address something that I hadn't thought about until after I had launched this podcast. And I guess I have to include it in the housekeeping for every episode going forward so that it doesn't get people's hopes up. I wanted to state that unless I say otherwise, any streaming recommendations or news is all based on United States streaming apps only. There's simply too many places and too many different dates and licensing factors that will change between countries. So all the information that I mention adheres mainly to the United States, which is where I reside. Some of these recommendations and shows and movies might also be on streaming services where you live if you are from somewhere else, but I can't guarantee it will be, so I hope you understand. There's just too many countries and too many streaming services, and if I were to cover each one, it's the number of streaming services times the number of countries, and if I were to give everyone 10 minutes, this podcast would never end. So... If I get a following from, say, France, and a lot of French people start following this podcast, yeah, I will start throwing out some news and recommendations on France's Netflix, say. But until then, the majority of my audience so far from the United States, that's what we're going with. If I do find any release dates for shows or movies that do say a different country, if I just so happen to come across them, I'll throw them out there just for anyone who that may benefit. But I just wanted to stress that I may not have correct dates or information if you are from somewhere outside of the United States. Like I said before, my show would just be way too long to cover everything otherwise. But with that, let's start getting into the episode. The Legend of the Vox Machina, an Amazon original animated TV series that started at the end of January with three episodes, is still ongoing, with three new episodes releasing every Friday. This show was conceived by the minds behind Critical Role, the popular tabletop show. This show features voice cast including Felicia Day and David Tennant. The show has gotten a 100% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes with a mid-90s from an audience score, so this might be a show worth checking out and another animated hit for Amazon behind Invincible. The last set of episodes for Vox Machina come out this Friday, February 18th, so if you haven't checked it out, now you can before the new episodes air. Shenmue the Animation just recently launched on the 8th. It's an anime that closely follows the video game that it is inspired by as it centers around Ryo Hizuki, sorry if my Japanese isn't the best, a martial artist uh, trainee who gets vengeance for his father's death. I personally loved uh, the first Shenmue when I, I played it, and I still need to play the second and third ones, uh, but the show shouldn't be too foreign if you aren't familiar with the source material. If I... Uh, Read correctly, it will be starting right at the beginning, so it will tell the story of the first game, at least for now. I'm curious how far it's going to go in its first season, and we'll find out. 
This anime is a co-production between Crunchyroll and Adult Swim, much in the same vein as Blade Runner Black Lotus, if you're familiar with that. This anime has new episodes coming out weekly, so keep yourself posted for them, and it will be available on Crunchyroll as well as Adult Swim. I think on Adult Swim, if you have a live TV, I'm not sure about AdultSwim.com. Space Force, the Steve Carell, Greg Daniels TV satire show about the American military division of the same name, should be dropping a new season on February 18th. Apparently, the second season will play more into the comedic aspects since both Carell and Daniels have previously worked together on The Office. One can only hope because I was not impressed with the show at first, and apparently a lot of other people agreed. The show didn't do well, but it did well enough for Netflix to instantly renew it, and this was about two years ago. So they've been getting some stuff together, and so hopefully this season is more like The Office. I would love more of The Office, and that Office reunion uh, special should be coming out soon. Who knows when, um, but that'll be good to keep an eye out for as well. But for sure, let's hope that the second season is better than the first one from 2020. Moving on to Disney+, Plus, don't forget that Moon Knight comes out on March the 30th. For those who don't know, Moon Knight centers around Mark Spector, played by Oscar Isaac. He played Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars films, as well as Apocalypse in uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Moon Knight is essentially Marvel's Batman, but to make him diverse, he is haunted by the Egyptian god Khonshu, and is garbed in all white instead of in all black. This show also stars Ethan Hawke. I mentioned uh, in the last update that the new 25th season of South Park is not airing on its usual streaming platforms HBO Max and Paramount+. This is still true, but the show may be available on streaming apps that have live TV, such as Philo TV, P-H-I-L-O, uh, Sling TV, and possibly YouTube TV? I watched uh, the first episode on South their website, southpark.cc.com. And uh, the second episode uh, came out just briefly. So definitely check it out uh, when you can. I'll talk more about it in the next segment when I talk about what I was watching. But just remember that the show will not be available on the regular platforms. However, Paramount Plus put out some news that two more made-for-TV South Park movies, like the COVID and vaccination specials, will be coming out by the end of the year and will be exclusive to Paramount Plus like the previous South Park special. I'll continue to update about these South Park specials as more is being said. Getting into some not entirely streaming news, I wanted to mention that Dwayne The Rock Johnson posted a tweet recently saying that he will be in another video game inspired movie. The Rock has been in several video game movies including Rampage and Doom, so one can only wonder what it will be. Maybe another video game title that is a one-word title? Haha. <laughs> uh, but The Rock's Black Adam is also coming in July, and there will be an HBO Max release, but not until late August. Tie that into uh, some streaming news there. Next, going back to Netflix, um, the trailer for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio dropped recently. It's more of a teaser, really, as it shows the animated film uh, and gives a December release date, um, hopefully nothing will push it back. 
This film is a CG animated film that kind of looks stop motion uh, and stars the voice of several actors that you may recognize, such as Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things and the movie It, David Bradley from The Strain and Harry Potter fame, Ewan McGregor, who is Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, of course, and Ron Perlman, who, if you follow Guillermo del Toro, it was in the bulk of his films, including Hellboy, Pacific Rim, and Kronos, to name a few. Lastly, Mike Judge and, once again, Greg Daniels, creators of King of the Hill, recently announced that the show will be seeing a revival. They did confirm that there will be a time jump in the series, so it will pick up years after the original series ended. One can only speculate where the show will end up. Will it be a Hulu exclusive since Disney owns the other Fox properties? Or will Netflix put in some extra money and try to steal it from Disney and make it exclusive to their platform? Hulu is the current home to King of the Hill, but the series once had life on Netflix, so one can only wonder. I know I said that was the last update, but there actually is one more update that recently came out. And it's about another very popular animated series and on Hulu. Uh, Futurama recently announced that it will be getting a brand new season uh, coming out exclusively on Hulu. So definitely keep an eye on that one if you are a fan of uh, Matt Groening, um, Futurama, The Simpsons, all that. But anyway, uh, let's move on to what am I watching? So last week I mentioned that I was watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. I wanted to mention that the theme song is definitely quite a bop. I wish I could play the theme song, but I don't want to get copyright striked. Um, so maybe I will hum it in the background here as I'm talking. Uh, I've also, I've heard great things about this anime and uh, the theme song, and it is absolutely fantastic. I don't know who would skip such a landmark theme song. Um, people do. I have a few qualms about the series. Um, it took a good five episodes for it to get good, and Shinji whined a lot. And I understand that he got thrown into a world that he didn't want to be in, and you know, it's not like he had parental figures that cared about him, and um, I mean, I did mention before that the show can get a little spoilery, but I won't spoil too much. I'm just saying, though, that Shinji didn't take on the responsibility that was thrust to him. And, you know, it's equal parts. You could argue against him and argue for, argue for him. I guess I'm in more of the against crowd. But ever since the episode with the diamond-rotated cube angel, it's been pretty good. It is crazy how iconic the show is. If you just Google Asuka anime, so A-S-U-K-A anime, uh, and go to images, the main result you get is the girl from the show. So that just goes to show you how popular this anime is even today. I finished the show, and turns out we're actually going to keep Netflix for a couple more months. So I decided that I'm going to be checking out the Evangelion movies that Netflix has. But first, I am doing a palate cleanser and checking out some stuff for one of our first talks coming up. Uh, but I will get more into that very shortly. 
After I finish that too, I will also be checking out the Neon Genesis Evangelion movies on Amazon Prime and just knock out everything in one fell swoop. But for those who don't know, uh, there are several of them, and I think uh, most of them recap the show but have a little bit uh, more added to it. Uh, they have weird titles, and they remind me of what Kingdom Hearts likes to do with their naming conventions. They'll be like, this is something something 1.1 or 1.11, and it's like, okay, why didn't you just put out a direct sequel? Or why do you have to call it one point whatever? Can't you just tell me that this has more stuff? I mean, I guess that's why they do that, but it's kind of annoying. Um, it definitely gets you to watch it, that's for sure. Amazon has two relatively new Neon Genesis movies that I may end up checking out. So moving on, my wife and I are continuing our viewing of the newest episodes of Demon Slayer. Uh, this arc is almost over, and this battle has finally ended. So this next episode should wrap up everything, and this next episode will be a 45-ish minute uh, finale, which is going to be awesome. And it's crazy, too. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the update last week, but I thought they were going to retcon something from the manga, um, but they showed it in the anime, and I was shocked. And I will definitely have to talk more about that in my rant, which is now going to... The segment will now be called Soapbox, but we'll get into that very shortly. We also are watching the docu-series uh, The Spy with Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, I'm a big Sasha Baron Cohen fan, and I've seen almost everything he starred in. And so this was definitely something I wanted to check out. Uh, the series came out in 2019, but I don't remember ever hearing about it, so I decided we should check it out. To tell a little bit about the show, um, it's essentially um, about an Israeli average Joe who essentially becomes a spy for the government, um, and he has to go into Syria and get a bunch of information. I will say that it's kind of interesting and messed up that why Ellie Cohen is uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character. Um, why he gets picked is essentially, and they, they out him in, I think it's the first episode. Um, basically, he has a different skin color than most of the Israelis. And so I'm guessing that that's mainly the reason why they're like, hey, he'll fit in great in Syria. And that's pretty messed up. Like, why would they do that? I mean, this is based on historical events and stuff like that, but that's pretty messed up that that the government's pick is basically, oh, you look different from me, so you would be perfect for this role. It's like, that's pretty messed up. Not based on qualifications at all, just on race. Nice. Good job. M moving on, uh, I do have to say that it's no knock against Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, he does do well in the role. Um, and it's interesting to watch it, and you expect him to do funny things, but he doesn't. Or there's certain cues that you're like, oh, now he's going to do something silly, and he doesn't do it. And so it's really shocking and just hard to get used to. But uh, along with this, I'll have to check out some other Sasha Baron Cohen content that's on Netflix since we'll be having it longer, like The Trial of the Chicago 7. On Groundhog's Day, my wife and I decided to watch Groundhog's Day with uh, Bill Murray. I had never seen the movie before except for a few bits and pieces, and finally we got a chance to sit down and watch the film. I have to say that I quickly enjoyed this movie and thought it was amazing and complex. 
um, and it totally deserves multiple viewings, which I will have to give to it um, sometime soon. Um, maybe this will be a movie that I have a talk about on the show um, in the future, but it, it might have to wait till next year since Groundhog's Day has already passed for this year. Uh, but if you haven't seen this movie, I totally would recommend it. Um, it's not free on any platforms, though, unless you join a seven-day subscription to Stars. You can do that trial subscription through Hulu. Uh, to provide one last update on South Park, uh, my wife and I watched it. And like I said, the new episode um, through South Park's site on southpark.cc.com. And again, I'll put that link in the show's notes if you want to check it out. So now let's move on to the newly renamed segment, uh, Soapbox. So I wanted to go on a bit of a tangent here and talk about Demon Slayer from before. Uh, for those who don't know, the franchise is set in feudal Japan, and during this time, demons are running amok, uh, spawned by one alpha demon. Um, in this series, the, the Demon Slayers are trained to fight these demons and eventually eradicate them from the land. The show is interesting in that the way to kill a demon in the franchise is to behead it. Now, Japan has had an awkward history with beheadings and gore and dismemberment in their media, um, but the series doesn't have any problems showing these things, so one may wonder, has Japan relaxed their laws on violence and gore and what can be depicted on TV? Uh, Japan is the opposite of the United States, um, in that we deem sexuality as more obscene than violence and gore. Uh, Japan likes to sexualize a lot of their characters uh, in anime and advertising, um, even this anime particularly, through other endeavors you can see um, that being prominent. Um, so the question remains, is violence and gore not a big deal to Japan anymore? Even with Evangelion uh, in the theme song, you see silhouettes that are a little bit more of um, not-garbed women. Um, not sure how much I can say without going into explicit territory, um, again, in the intro of Evangelion. Like, this theme song is literally the first thing that plays in Evangelion, and the anime has so little nudity in it, I'm not quite sure why there's a bulk of it in just the theme song, um, but that's a whole other side tangent. I think also that this is what Netflix is talking about when they say that the show has nudity. Um, they're barely is anything and it it gets into a whole question of what is censorship my point is is that japan is more typical with showing highly sexualized characters so for them to show things so violent in the show uh beheadings uh stabbings you know a bunch of uh, dismemberment and blood and that's in demon slayer alone so my point is is that Japan must be getting more lax on this whole um, issue. And why I bring all this up as well is that the video game franchise Mortal Kombat has not been allowed in the Land of the Rising Sun since its conception back in the late 80s, the early 90s. Um, and the reason why it has never came out prominently in Japan is that it's deemed as too violent. Um, so could the game series be seeing a new life among Japanese audiences? This is something I was wondering as this fight in Demon Slayer is closing to an end. So there was uh, a part in the show 
the not this past episode but the one prior that i didn't think they would put in the show i couldn't remember where it happened as i had read the manga so basically what i'm saying is they're getting away with a lot in anime now and i also had read an old manga um called zombie powder not too long ago and that which is uh tite kubo's first manga that he did first series before bleach in the series, there are people that are cut in half and stuff, but it's not as depicted as gory, gory, more gory, as gory um, as Demon Slayer, which is, it would make sense with the time and how people feel about things nowadays, but is Japan coming around to violence and gore? I also wanted to mention, uh, to give the show more credence, that according to comicbook.com, Demon Slayer is one of the top three TV shows in Japan right now. So if it doesn't say that Japan is becoming more comfortable with violence in their media, then I don't know what does. And don't get me wrong either, uh, none of this is said in a condescending way. I just find it interesting that violence and gore is not as taboo in Japanese productions as it used to be. And that's mainly the, the main point that I'm trying to make here. Next, let's move on to the suggestions. So in keeping with the Valentine's Day holiday, I wanted to keep a movie that both couples and single people could enjoy watching. And so I decided to pick My Bloody Valentine from 2009. Uh, this film is essentially about a young man named Harry Warden, yes that's his name, who gets caught up in a mining accident and may have killed his cohorts to save air for himself while they were trapped. Later he goes on a killing spree attacking others who are seen at the mine. The movie takes place on Valentine's Day, and some of the victims are lovers, so it works well, I think, as a movie that anyone could enjoy. This movie also stars Jensen Ackles of Supernatural fame, so it's not a total mediocre reboot. Fun fact here, though, Jensen Ackles is in this horror slasher, but his Supernatural co-host brother, Jared Padalecki, was also in another horror slasher, the remake of Friday the 13th, which was also made in 2009. Um, Google also says that this movie is available on Netflix, but it is not. However, you can watch it on Amazon Prime Video for free with a subscription to Cinemax. Otherwise, you have to pay for it on other services like Vudu or YouTube. Um, just as a disclaimer here, this movie does have violence, gore, foul language, and nudity, so it's not for everybody. But if you could stomach it, check it out. Now, the show I wanted to recommend for this episode is uh, more on a lovey-dovey side of Valentine's Day, uh, and a very greatly underappreciated anime called Toradora. This anime centers around a boy named Ryuji and focuses on his interactions with various classmates as well as a girl named Taiga. This anime is a slice-of-life and romance anime, so if you follow juvenile unrequited love and the roller coaster that it can be sometimes, then this is for you. Uh, I watched this anime over a decade ago, and it is one that I still don't hear many people talk about. In doing some anime research, I did find some attention being given to the show in recent years, um, but it still doesn't get as much mainstream attention as it should be, and that's why I wanted to recommend it. Um, the ending is everything you want, and the build-up is totally worth the payoff. Um, and it's one season two, so it's definitely not long. Um, I totally recommend you check it out. It's available on Netflix and Amazon Prime with their subscriptions, as well as for free on Crunchyroll, but it does have ads. That is, unless you have the premium 
So with that being said, let's move on to our final segment, plugs. I wanted to mention that I saw this video from Insider that I thought was very interesting. It talked about several New York spots that are frequently used in film and TV and why, and it spoke with several location scouts on what makes these sets so great, as well as showing clips from movies and TV that use those particular spots, such as the Joker stairs from the movie Joker. It's things like this that ground movies in realism, I feel, and they're not just a shot on the same sets like uh, Gremlins and Back to the Future are filmed on the same set. But definitely check this video out, and I'll have the link uh, for the YouTube video in the show's notes. Um, I do apologize if this ruins certain movies for some of you, uh, for our more casual viewers, but I did mention that there might be spoilers, uh, so let's lump depicted realism in there as well. This podcast is coming from someone who enjoys analyzing film, so while it may not be entirely amateur viewer friendly, I hope that it may enlighten you or at least provide some trivia to wow your friends and family. And who knows, maybe it might be a factoid on Jeopardy. But I do want to say, though, too, that while these updates are not analyzing or dissecting movies as much um, when I do have talks, uh, we will be going more into what makes certain movies the way they are. And for those who like film and tv criticism um i feel like those will those episodes will be uh the more meat and potatoes that you're looking for so i do hope you stick around for those and in turn i wanted to mention that we will be having our very first uh film breakdown with a guest um it should be the next monday um but I'm not sure. Hopefully it does release on that day, as well as everything goes according to plan. But yeah, definitely look for those episodes if you want something a little different. Um, when I outlined this show, this update show, as well as those talks, were two different podcasts that I was going to do. Um, but instead, I wanted to merge them together to give more casual viewers something, as well as people who like to do more deep dives and have things dissected and analyzed and understood. So once again, I wanted to plug my horror-inspired blog, yellowraincoatofhorror.wordpress.com. I made this blog after graduating with my bachelor's degree, and I wanted to highlight and catalog the trope, quote-unquote, of the use of the yellow raincoat in the horror genre. Other blogs and sites like Mad Meaning have also mentioned this recently, so it's definitely something people are catching on about. Uh, but check out my articles. They are also on my personal website, which again leads me to my personal site, jeremybaguki.com, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-O-G-U-C-K-I.com. Uh, I am a writer and working on a novel as well as doing this on the side. Um, I also write outlines for all these episodes, so if you like my style and like fiction or poetry, um, definitely check out my site. Um, there's other works as well, and uh, this podcast is also going to be listed on my personal site, so you can find it there. Lastly, support me on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash currently streaming podcast. It's all one word, all lowercase, the same spelling as this podcast. Um, and again, I will put a link in the show notes. Having various streaming services isn't cheap as well as hosting and bandwidth. So as well as paying for anything else that I may need to bring you what's good to watch. Right now, the Patreon is still pretty bare bones, but it will be up and running soon. If you're looking for an alternate way to support this podcast, you can do so through listener support on 
the Anchor page for this podcast, which is anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash currently hyphen streaming. Just click on the support button, and if you feel like giving something, by all means, and I greatly appreciate that. Again, I wanted to say thank you for checking out the second episode of Currently Streaming Podcast. What did you think? How do you think it compares to the first episode? I do hope that it helped you find some things to watch this week, and the next update will be on the last day of February, the 28th. So until then, happy streaming, be safe out there, and happy Valentine's Day, and I think next week is President's Day, so... <laughs> Uh, if that talk comes out on President's Day, enjoy it. If you've got the day off, check it out. And um, like I said, happy streaming. Mm -hmm.